Well, good morning. He is risen. Okay, come on now. It's been six months. Let's let's try that again. He is risen. Amen. Amen. Well, it is so good to be together. For um, for those of you either in person or those of you online, it is just. It's a joy to be uh, not just looking at a computer today in an empty sanctuary. <laughs> and thanks be to God for this beautiful weather. Amen? Um, uh, so, uh, after communion, we'll be heading right into, after our sermon, we'll be heading right into communion. Um, so, these prepackaged communion things were uh, on the back table there. If you didn't grab one, feel free to grab one now. Um, we'll be going right into communion from the sermon. Uh, I can assure you, Deb was wearing a mask and had just used hand sanitizer when she put them out, so they should be good to go. Um, but for now, we're going to be heading into our sermon. Uh, and so as we do that, I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Loving God, we are so grateful um, for this Easter Sunday and this chance to, to be together, uh, again, in person or on Zoom. Um, and God, we're grateful for the mysterious reality that your spirit is, is meeting all of us and bringing all of us together, uniting us, connecting us. And for that, we're grateful. And so God, as we uh, uh, open the scriptures now and uh, begin to wrestle with them, we recognize that spirit that's here among us. And we ask that your spirit would lead us, guide us, shape us, and form us more and more into the image of Jesus. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Uh, This is how the book of Genesis begins, and this means that, of course, this is how all of our scriptures begin, with this this phrase. Uh, This phrase, this opening line, is this this, uh, beautiful sort of artistic, sort of poetic, sort of almost playful sort of depiction of how creation came to be. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Now, one of the most striking details of this opening line is that this this phrase, formless void, could be translated another way, and that is the word chaos. Which tells us that in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was chaos and darkness. From this point on, we begin to see God doing something with this chaos. And what God seems to be doing with this chaos is bringing creation out of this chaos. Out of this chaos comes creation. Creation comes out of this chaos. And what we see from the rest of this opening chapter of the scriptures is a God stepping into all of this uh, disorder and dysfunction and bringing about order and function. Out of this chaos comes creation. And then this opening chapter of our scriptures reaches this sort of pinnacle moment where God creates the first human beings and gives to these human beings the the very image and likeness of God's very self. And these humans are invited to join in on the work of God of continuing to uh, tend to and cultivate the creation and bring forth life. Now, I don't know about you, but like, there's something really beautiful and really comforting about this, this opening uh, to the scriptures themselves. It tells me that um, like there, there's, there's order, that there's function, that there's meaning, that there's purpose. 
like in all of this, but including like you and me and I and all of us, right? Like there's, there's this order and purpose in our lives. And it means that like chaos, well, chaos doesn't get, get to have its way, right? Chaos doesn't get the final word. Chaos doesn't win the day. And yet, when I look around me, um, it can feel like there's an awful lot of chaos sometimes. It can look like there's an awful lot of disorder and dysfunction in the world around me and in my own life. Sometimes as I look around, I can't help but wonder if chaos is indeed actually winning the day. I mean, as we look around us, um, we, we've, we've been in this past year of a, a pandemic, right? That's prevented us from being together, from, uh, prevented us from doing this thing that we do each and every week. And it's uh, affected every sort of aspect of our life. Every detail has been met with this chaos. And that's not to say anything about the over half a million lives that have been lost to this virus. Uh, as we look around us and read the newspaper over the last three weeks, we've seen three mass shootings. Um, with Atlanta and Boulder and most recently in Southern California this week. It feels like there's chaos all around us. In this past week, um, what could have been a, a newly formed scab over um, the, the blatant racism and prejudice that's, that's baked into the very system of the United States was ripped off as the, there was a, a trial for the, the man who murdered George Floyd. For some, of this, for some of us, this may feel like chaos out there and a, a, a bit removed from our own lives. But, but as we begin to think about our own life, we can even see chaos within. Um, maybe that comes after 17 years of marriage and we sit down one day and think, I don't know if me, me and my partner can continue to do this. Uh, maybe that chaos shows up in a substance that was once meant to just take the edge off but now has control over our life. Or, or chaos showing up in a moment where we know that we should be experiencing joy, but all we feel is anxiety and despair. We have these beautiful opening lines of scripture of order, purpose, meaning, and function, and the reality of life. It seems to be some sort of disconnect. And what do we do with this disconnect? What do we do with this? What do we do with the fact that on one hand, we have this image of of this God who makes creation out of chaos, and yet on the other hand, we have what feels like chaos being made out of creation. What do we do with this? I don't know how you would answer this question, um, but as we begin to turn to our gospel reading for today, uh, I think we begin to uh, pick up on how the author of the Gospel of John might answer this question. Now, as we step into John 20, it's important for us to note that like, we're not stepping into a new story with a fresh start, but this is a story that's been moving at a very fast pace with all sorts of ups and downs. It's a story uh, where we see Jesus being betrayed by his, some of his closest friends. We see uh, a story where Jesus is uh, given this mock, unjust sort of trial. We see a Jesus who is humiliated and mocked. We see a Jesus who dies a painful, shame-filled sort of death. It's a story that we're stepping into that's filled with chaos and darkness. And for those who were there witnessing all of this, it would have felt like more than just chaos and darkness. It would have felt like chaos upon chaos upon chaos and darkness upon darkness upon darkness. And so it's in the midst of that then that we step into John 20, verse 1. And John writes, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Does this opening line of John 20 call to mind any other portion of scripture? 
See, John in this moment is beckoning us, calling us, inviting us, uh, wanting us to step back into Genesis chapter 1. And uh, into the story where we see that in the beginning there was chaos and there was darkness. John is wanting us to go back in time, to go to the very first pages of Scripture and to remember how we have a God who, who steps into this chaos and darkness. What happens at the beginning of Genesis 1? There's chaos and darkness. And what happens at the beginning of John 20? There's chaos and darkness. But for those in John 20, the chaos and darkness ramps up because after this, we're told that Mary goes to the tomb early on that first Easter Sunday. And when she gets there, she finds that the stone has been rolled away and she's terrified. She runs and tells the rest of the disciples, two disciples, Peter and the one disciple that Jesus loved, rush back. They, They go in, they check it out. There's no body there. And in its place are just linens. And they're, they're terrified. They run back home. And you can imagine, again, it's just chaos upon chaos, darkness upon darkness on that first day of the week. But not everybody runs back home. Because John tells us that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. See, John, once again, is inviting us, calling us, compelling us, beckoning us to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Because how does Genesis chapter 1 begin? With darkness, with chaos and darkness. And how does John 20 begin? With chaos and darkness. But where does, John, or where does Genesis 1 go? It comes to, out of this chaos comes creation. And as we get to John 20, where does this story go? Out of this chaos comes not just creation, not a creation that's subject to the same sort of defilement and decay as the first creation, but out of this chaos comes something like a new creation. Creation redeemed, creation restored, creation renewed. And we often read this story and see that it's at the end of the Gospels and think that this, the end of the story is resurrection, that resurrection happens at the end of the story. But this is a whole new chapter in the story. This Easter morning is the moment of new creation, and we're being invited to join in on this story of new creation. See, we asked this question at the beginning of what do we do with this disconnect? What do we do with the times where we see this, uh, the pages of Genesis 1 and we see a God who brings creation out of chaos and yet we recognize chaos being made out of creation around us? John answers this question by saying, God has not given up on this creation. God has not given up on this beloved creation that God made from the very beginning of time. God has not given up on it, but God steps into it, gets God's hands dirty on the chaos, and brings about something like a new creation. See, this is the good news of the story of Easter. This is the good news of the resurrection, that God not only made creation out of chaos, but that God is continuing to make new creation out of chaos. 
See, God did not give up on creation. Chaos has not won the day. Darkness does not have the final say. No, in the Easter story, we see God stepping in and continuing to make all things new. Chaos doesn't win, but chaos is being transformed into new creation. And the light of Christ outshines the darkness of that dawn on that first day of creation. So friends, whatever chaos and darkness you're feeling, whether that be out there or in here, the Easter story is beckoning us, inviting us into a new sort of perspective, a new sort of story that says that chaos and darkness does not win the day. And in these moments where it does feel like chaos and darkness has won the day, we recognize that the stone that covers that tomb is just itching. It's just longing. It's just crying out to be moved and blown away so that new creation can burst forth out of that grave. And if that wasn't enough good news, John continues on and gives us what appears to be a bit of a strange detail. Uh, Mary, when she sees Jesus, doesn't recognize him. And John writes, supposing him to be the gardener. Now, this could be a strange detail, but remember, John is a masterful storyteller. John leaves clues everywhere. John leaves breadcrumbs everywhere. John is winking at us all throughout his story. And again, he's inviting us to go back to those first pages of Genesis. And then in those first pages of Genesis, we see God creating a garden. And in that garden, God places those first humans and gives them the task of being gardeners to tending to, to cultivating life out of the creation. And John, again, is inviting us to step back into that story in this, uh, this garden of the tomb and to see this new kind of human in Jesus. And Mary wasn't wrong. <laughs> Mary saw a gardener, but it was a new kind of gardener who is tending to cultivating not just life, but new life and new creation. Now here's the good news. The New Testament writers would look back on this moment and begin to see in Jesus all of us. Jesus representing all of those who find themselves in the new creation, which means that you and I and we and us, we are all being invited to be new gardeners in this new creation, to tend to, to cultivate new creation out of the chaos, to bring forth life where death only seemed possible. But just like any sort of garden, this requires that we get our hands a little dirty, right? It requires that we don't avoid the chaos and the darkness, but it means that we step into the chaos and darkness, that we follow the lead of God in Christ who came to earth, made his home among us, and we get our hands dirty on that chaos and darkness, but we do so knowing that chaos doesn't win the day, that chaos doesn't have the last word, but that new creation is just itching, longing, crying out from the depths of what once seemed dead. See, the good news of Easter, the good news of the story of the resurrection is that God not only made creation out of chaos, but that in this very moment, God continues to make new creation out of chaos. And you and I and we and us are being invited to join in on the good work of God in Christ and bringing about this new creation. Amen? Now, it seems fitting on... Uh, Easter Sunday, and particularly talking about new creation out of chaos, uh, to take communion together. Um, 
So if you have that, I uh, invite you to grab it. And those at home, we invite you to grab whatever uh, you have on hand. Um, we'll go ahead and open this because it may take just a second because this is, uh, you know, all kinds of new technology for us. Uh, you'll see at the very, 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 very top, there's a thin uh, film. Do that first. That'll make your life a lot easier. That'll get the bread out and then you can do the rest for the juice. Now here's why this is fitting. Because here we have these elements. Uh, we know that the, the bread represents the body, the juice represents the blood. But these elements separate uh, represent marks of chaos. Because it's not just the body, it's the body broken. It's not just the blood, but it's the blood shed. Separate, uh, removed from one another, these remain marks of chaos. But we don't take these separate, do we? <laughs> We take them together and combined they become the first fruits of the new creation. And Jesus invites all of us to come to his table and says to us to take and eat and be nourished by the first fruits of the new creation so that we can continue to follow God in Christ and bringing new creation out of chaos. So friends, let me remind you that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, take and eat. And after dinner, he took the cup and said that this is the cup of the new covenant. And he invited them to, to come and take in his body and his blood. And so I invite you to join me. The body of Christ, which is broken for you. And the blood of Christ, which is shed for you. Friends, may we take and eat and be nourished for what we've been invited into, to join God in Christ and bringing new creation out of chaos. Let's pray. Loving God, God of the risen Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you did not give up on creation, But instead, out of your great love for creation itself, you stepped in in the, the person of Jesus and lived among us to show us a better way. And through your life and your death and your resurrection, paved the way for new creation, overcoming the, the, the powers that, that led to decay in the first place and paved a way for new creation and now invite us to join in on the work of being new gardeners in this garden, bringing about new creation. God, would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? Would you give us hope and faith? And would your spirit uh, uh, empower us to step into the chaos, to follow your lead, to get our hands dirty, trusting that new creation comes out of chaos? We give you thanks, and we pray all this in the name of the one who is risen, Jesus. Amen.